Yeah, I mean, I think this is examples that we'll all be able to talk about uh, to some yeah. degree. So, not, nothing, nothing obscure. Well, we no, ain't Evan. He's always got something. Interesting. <laughs> At least one game that's obscure. Right? Said. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm pretty I, sure the I, music I was, is going. I was point. doing that. Now I'm not because yeah. we are live. <laughs> Welcome to Pixel Pints. We are the only, the only, the one, the only global gaming podcast that covers two great things, which is great beer and video games. I'm your host, Mitch, today because McWomble is gone because it is a holiday. But it is also Mitch's birthday. Hey yo. <laughs> and no Happy matter birthday. Thank you. Thank you. And no matter what yeah. happens, fellas, I am still younger than all of you. Thanks for that. It makes that, me feel that, special. That's one thing that never will change. No matter how many birthdays we go through, I still will be younger <laughs> than you. <laughs> I think uh Mitch, how old are you? Oh, oh, I love this game. Let's play the game. Let's play the game. How old do you think I, I am? We should we should know this, right? Like we've been hanging out with this guy for what, four, five years. Four or five years, yeah. For all the marbles. For all the marbles. Uh, what do you got? What do you, you got, Burkoff? I wanna I feel like he was born in ninety two. So is he thirty? No, he's not thirty yet. I think he's <laughs> 28 or 27 94 he was born in 94 which one's your final answer Evan? you gave me two uh, although man am i back on a quiz again i'm getting i'm getting anxiety i thought it was i thought i lost and i'm away from all this crap uh i'll say 28 uh, i will split the difference i am the two nines all right I'm, okay i've not hit the three oh yet you're scaring me Burgoff, you're scaring right. me. Okay, so I'm hitting that quarter so crisis. All right. <laughs> all right, so for me, 29 was harder than 30 because it was the almost there, and then when I hit 30, it was like whatever. Yeah, I think I think it's the anticipation of the fear of the 3-0. Yeah, and then once you reach yeah. the 3-0, you're just like f it. I'm at the 3-0. It's not going to change anything. Yeah. But yeah, 29 is definitely more nerve wracking than probably when I hit 30. But yes, I am 29 years old officially. Um, that is very freaky and scary. But I'm living the dream at 29. So I can, I probably could not tell myself uh, five years ago when I was with you guys to say I am living the dream. Uh, I, I probably would have been, you all would have been like, Mitch. <laughs> Yeah, go for it. Yeah, you, you probably, maybe, who knows? But Mitch, well, that... I remember, I remember before you decided to make the moves to LA, even, and then you were you were talking about doing it, and I was like, dude, fuck it, why not? Like you should do that. Yeah, so. I, I mean, I thought about it for a long time, but um, even if I'm living the dream at 29 and it is 29 years old, like it, it's never too late. So that's one thing I will tell anyone out there. If you have a dream that you really want to do, go for it. It is not too late to, to make the change. I went through a pandemic and that changed 
that like not only did i quit my job and move to a new city completely and then all of a sudden i had to restart over a second time because of the pandemic like it is it is never too late to go for what you want and who knows you might end up in an amazing place so i i am a full advocate for that even though i'm 29 right now and i wish i was in this position when i was 23 or 25 I have no regrets and I'm so happy where I am right now. So I, I'm probably in the best place of my life in before I even hit the, so 30 is not even a scary thing for me at the moment. Um, why are we talking about me reaching 30? (laughs) It's a great way to start a (laughs) podcast. But anyways, if we talk about great beer and video games here on the podcast, if you want to follow us, we uh, are streaming live at twitch.tv slash pixel pints every single weekend and if you want to know when we go live you can follow us on twitter at pixel pixel underscore pints where we also post our our, um where we archive our videos on youtube um our links will be there as well and if you just look up pixel pints on youtube or any podcast servicer out there i'm not reading off a script fellas this is memorized compared to uh mcwomble i swear he has a he has it written somewhere he's getting a little out there that motherfucker remembers conversations we had (laughs) six years ago that's true that's true uh and i i don't (laughs) but if you want to find us we are also on every single podcasting service you can find that's google spotify itunes all that kind of stuff you can find us there if you want to prefer us listen audio style there are some fun some fun stuff we do video wise that you might prefer to watch on youtube i'm just saying but anyway you pick your preference we 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 come to you you don't come to us we come to you we're that kind of service it's a great service anyway I also we are on Instagram. Forgot that one, which is Pixel Pints Pod. Pixel Pints Pod. Which mainly we just post pictures of things, uh, whether that's video games, whether that's beer. But we really don't post our information about our podcast, which we probably should. Uh, Mick Womble, get on that. Uh, we should, uh, but uh, we do it all on Twitter. So really follow us on Twitter, and that's really where you're going to get the updates of when we go live and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, I'm joined by two prestigious guests. I'm here in LA. It is midnight, officially. So officially, actually, isn't my birthday as we started the podcast. It was yesterday, but anyway, it was like three All minutes right. apart. But whatever. I'm joined by a similar time zone feller who is in Viva Las Vegas. Berghoff, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good, man. I've been uh, playing way too much uh, Elder Scrolls Online, getting ready for the High Isle expansion that's going to come out. I think I put 120 hours into um, playing it on Steam. Before that, I had it on PS4, and I put at least a similar amount of time. Uh, I haven't finished a single area in that game. I mean, I'm not shocked. Like, they ever? make they make amazing video games. They're like the best in the market. They are the number one video game publisher ever in the history of video games i'm surprised you haven't gone that far it you're um you are failing burkoff because they are so phenomenal and you are just failing them by not finishing finish it yeah so i'm trying to get through a couple of the uh a couple of the areas um there is no try do or do not there is no try <laughs> yoda one of the greatest speakers of all time and we're joined Joe by Biden said that. <laughs> An American speaking about American politics, where is all the way in Japan? We have Evan. How are we doing? Besides, besides quoting Joe Biden, um, how are you doing yeah. today? Or do you have another my, Joe my Biden quote you want to pull out right now? 
Uh, how about any any time I say something that doesn't make any sense, we'll just uh, I'll just blame it on Biden. Probably very close to something that he said. So is that the is that the um, new uh, thanks Obama? Is anything that you can't speak correctly, you just thanks Joe Biden. Yeah, sure. It can be if if we want it to. I'm um, good. Sunday. Uh, so I'm going to be responsible like McWomble and drink three beers. Wait, that's not what he does. Um, and then I have my uh, highly carbonated kind of like lemon flavored uh, sparkling water, I guess. From also from uh, Kieran, actually, same as oh, my beer. So I'm gonna switch over to this once I I've had my three beers for the night. I I teach elementary school kids in the mornings now, for oh. like morning English modules as they call them, and it's horrible. So I I have to be on. I can't be half-assing dancing to h-a-p-p-y you know that song it's too early <laughs> i he can't i've, be, I've been doing it for the, the past he can't do the floss in the middle of class it's just not a thing you can't do anymore <laughs> they don't, yeah they are um they're like six years old i don't know if they know what flossing is that would be uh i'd quit <laughs> i'd quit hey, if a little hey, kid did that literally you just pull, pull up Fortnite and say this is p-e we're gonna do all these dance moves yeah I mean, at least they're cute and they enjoy what they're doing. However, well, it's eight fifteen in the morning and I'm dancing in front of thirty kids. I just think of uh, Danny Glover's famous line from *Lethal Weapon*. I think we all know what it is. I'm trying not to swear on this show anymore. Swear, <laughs> Even though it did swear not work to me. Last time. Swear to me. Come on, uh, I want to hear it. Yeah, I don't know yeah. which line. I don't know which line. Wait, how long has it been? No, just uh, I'm too old for this shit. Yeah, uh, but. Uh, mm part of my job so i have to do it so instead of drinking getting a, a bit too excited when we record on my sunday midday and have about four five maybe six beers if uh, we end up talking too long i am doing three and i'm not telling you that i'm just telling myself by saying it out loud <laughs> it is so, yeah, a, it is that. a sunday fun day happy easter can you imagine yeah. if uh, any other country actually taught their children as a different language at age six? I think did, we were in middle school before they were like, oh, "Do you yeah? Do you want to learn about Spanish or French <laughs> or German?" Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, there's like no concept of like. No, what's, yeah, they asked not. me. They asked me like, I did my little self introduction with like pictures and a keynote, and they're like, "Oh." You're from America. Did you did you fly here today? Like, yes. Yep. <laughs> Flew here. Gonna teach you for 20 minutes. And going fly back, back home. home. And I'm gonna do it all over again. Uh, Mondays through Fridays. So uh, that's how, that's how airplanes work. Yep. Yeah. They just they have no concept of anything. <laughs> you know, I tell them like I'm 36 years old. What that number means nothing did, to a six year old. Did, did you come like, on why a am spaceship? Did like, you come on the spaceship, teacher? They probably they probably believe me. Yeah, I come from this magical land called Wisconsin. <laughs> oh yeah, if, if only they knew. You're the like, land of cheese. Land of cheese. Oh. Uh, it's um, you just show them a Wallace and Gromit video and go like, you know that moon? That's Wisconsin, because it's full Man. of it's cheese, funny. Gromit. Yeah, it's cheese. It, it's funny you say that, Mitch, because um, in the Bible, right? It, Bible's written so long ago. It's like almost every line is basically open to some sort of interpretation, right? Mm -hmm. When you talk about the tree of knowledge, it was most likely a fig tree. It wasn't an apple. Um, and similarly, when, uh, who was it? Moses talked about the land of milk and honey. I'm pretty sure they meant cheese. <laughs> and by cheese, they meant Wisconsin. So 
what I'm trying to say is uh, Moses Israel went to Wisconsin. It ain't it ain't you. <laughs> it is close. It is close to a body of water, but uh, wrong continent. Sorry, yeah, la- got it wrong. Lake Superior. <laughs> ah, Lake Superior. I like that. Get it? All right. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Well, uh, we talk about two great things, which is great beer and video games. But uh, before we get to the video game portion, which is the bigger part of our show every single week, let's talk about beers. Um, I had already been celebrating with people, so I can, I do not want to be an irresponsible person and keep drinking beer. So I'm just going to drink a Red Bull, sugar-free, and I'm going to uh, let you all do the rest of the drinking. <laughs> all right, so I've got uh, two beers from this company called Hot Valley. Uh, so i got Mango Stash and Bubble Ooh, Stash. They look hot. Um, are they uh, are they is, single? Kind of like the, the concept is a uh, the concept is dankness. I'm guessing. So all right, so yeah, we'll get into which which one do you guys think that I should drink? Wait, are the, they single or are they a pair? I just want to know for for compatibility reasons. They're single. I got uh, separate six packs. For each. <laughs> which which should I which should I do? I like should how I it blew or right or by you, Burkoff. That that total reference blew right by you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if I got it. Either. Are they a single? Are they a couple? Like, I just need to know for compatibility reasons. Okay. I got you. Okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, which which do you guys think I should drink, the mango or the bubble? Let's go mango. Let's go. Let's go. Let's mango? go spice it up a little bit. I mean, you'll eventually have right. both. Let's be honest. But let's start with the mango. Yeah, uh, we'll do that. Keith is not here. He would say mango. I think he would too. It's part of the reason I bought it because I was like, you know what? Keith likes the mango beers. You buy things for him. Oh, you two are married, aren't you? <laughs> no, just thinking about um, he, if we if we did the show together, I would have a uh, mango beer that I could talk about. But uh, no, the interesting thing about these is they use cryo hops. So that's the uh, that's the gimmick that these have. Uh, to to someone that is not a beer connoisseur, what is cryo hops? Oh no, we lost him. Evan, just go right ahead with your beer. No, I'm back. I, I think I think I'm back. Oh, you're back. Okay, okay. What's uh to to the connoisseur? What is uh what is cryo hops? Cryo cryo hops are hops that are like freeze dried, and I'm not sure what all what they do to them, but they uh they freeze dry them and turn them into pellets. And it's supposed to get rid of all of the like harsh, uh, dirty bitter flavors, mm. um, and it gives you like a, a more clean uh, beer. So, yeah, it does just that. It's got quite the mango flavor. Is it like is a, it is it like a sex on a beach type beer, or is it like a uh, chill by an open fire? Uh, this is supposed to be an IPA. Um, I wouldn't really call it an IPA, other than the fact that it's six percent. Mm. Um, it does. It does have the hoppiness, but it doesn't have that harsh bitter um, that you would normally get. And I think that's because of the cryo hops. That's interesting. I mean, because you know, you want to, especially like like malt as well and pellet form. They usually, you know, it lasts longer. It's cheaper. Most yeah. places don't malt, do their own malting. I know Pilsner or Ur- Urkel still does because they're like the 
that's what the Pilsner is named after. It's technically not a style, but they just took it from from that. But I, yeah, I'll have to look into that more. I, I'm not familiar with cryo hops. This is the first time I've seen it on any like commercial beer. Uh, I know that they've been available in brew stores for a while. Okay. But yeah, I never knew uh, sort of what they were exactly. But yeah, I'm actually I I enjoy this. It's not bad. Hop Valley, they're in Oregon. All so right, Oregon. Ways. All right, yeah. Evan, of your three amigos, which one you pulling out? I actually have a different beer today. So this just this came out uh, maybe about a week or two ago. This is the Back Alley Donda Bada Freestyle Belgian Golden Ale. It's <laughs> um, quite the name. What the hell is that? Um, Don Donda Bada is apparently a bar. It's called Bar Donda Bada, and for a long time I. I had no idea what it meant. It's just the name of the character on the can, the, this luchador character. Hmm. So his name is Don Dabata. It's named after a bar. So this is a collaboration with Yahoo Brewing. I think I've, I've had several of their beers on here. Yona Yona Ale, the Blue Devil, the 7%, really okay. heavy. Um, yeah, the Indian, Indian Blue Devil beer. So yeah, this is a, as you can see on the can... A freestyle Belgian golden ale. I don't know what that means. I don't know what a freestyle Belgian gold. Maybe it means like they played a little f- loose with the with the style. Maybe it, they didn't adhere exactly to what a Belgian golden ale is supposed to be. I'm actually not quite sure. Is it wheat? It's six percent. Um, no. Wait, hold on. Let's see. We have. No, we just have uh, malt hops and uh, some sort of like added sugar to it. Okay. No wheat. I had this once, but I was drunk when I had it, so I don't remember. <laughs> it's kind of a waste. It had, so very golden. Um, I did pour it a little while ago. That's my mistake. It did have decent head retention, but most of the head has completely gone down. A lot of the carbonation has dispersed. But for listeners, yeah, it's a very kind of pale golden uh color and uh oh that is very that is an ale but that is very um malt heavy it's very sweet smelling it's kind of got that bready biscuity kind of malty aroma to it. it smells good i mean maybe a bit sweeter than i'd usually like an aroma that's not something that has like a mango or a grapefruit or something like that to it but uh Yeah, wow. That is, um, I really like that. And that does not taste like 6% ale. So this would be a very, very dangerous, uh, very dangerous beer. This is really, really drinkable. It is way more malty than you would ever think an ale could be. But maybe that is what a golden, Belgian golden ale is. I should have done my homework as to what the style is supposed to be. I'm not quite familiar, but... Yeah, that kind of like solid, biscuity, bready, uh, malt flavor, and it, it it's pretty deep. It's got kind of like a dry bite to it, and uh, that bitterness, uh, mild bitterness, kind of lasts on the tongue, which I imagine will like keep building the more that you drink it. This is really really good. Um, yeah, I really really like this. I, I think it's a limited beer though, and you can only 
buy it. It was actually hard to find, um, at, only available in some convenience stores. But yeah, this uh, back alley, what is it? Uradori Dondabata Freestyle Belgian Golden Ale. I really, really like it. All right. Well, uh, to and then I'm going to switch to uh, Kirin after this. Okay. And to Commander Fett, who is in our chat that uh, has been messaging us, just to let you know, there is still God rays on me, Commander Fett. It is, <laughs> do not see light that is magically bestowed upon me at this very moment. The whole room is dark behind me, but yet I have light bestowed upon me. It is what we call the God rays. It is still appearing, even if it is not <laughs> sunny behind me. It is always here. Uh, anyway, so now that we have done our beers, it is time to get to the gaming portion of this podcast where we have a topic that we're going to talk about. And today's topic is because of the announcement of our favorite franchise, Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> and in my case, I do actually like the Kingdom Hearts series. So for me, I'm excited about it. But anyways, Kingdom Hearts 4 was announced just a couple weeks ago. Um I like how the lore is basically becoming a god. <laughs> yes, the lore is as I get older, I become more and more godlike. And uh, they all are peasants, even though they're older than me. Um, My God, <laughs> this this guy gets a this guy gets a good job. Now he's shitting all over us. What's going on here? Uh, Commander Fett was mentioning it in the chat. He said, "I like how the lore, how in the lore, Mitch is basically becoming god." It's, I mean, when Mitch has all the power, um, when he controls the cameras, when he controls the volume, <laughs> is it basically I'm God? Because I think I am. But anyway, um, Kingdom Hearts 4 got it. You announced. are from Wisconsin. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> the land of milk and honey. Come on. And, uh, Lake, and Lake Superior. <laughs> could, be, uh, could be the Antichrist. Better watch out. <laughs> We'll see. We'll see how this progresses throughout the year. Yeah, okay? seriously. Uh, well, I'll be curious to see what Keith says because he does listen to the episodes. Of what he thinks of our superiority? Shaking his head. Yeah. I, can, yeah. I can hear him shaking his head. Actually, <laughs> literally the. <laughs> anyway, um, Kingdom Hearts got announced a couple weeks ago. Kingdom Hearts Four. Now, for people that don't know, Kingdom Hearts Three was the last game in the. And people are getting this incorrect, and it bugs the crap out of me. Is it's. The Xehanort Saga. Okay, just for clarification for people. They're, people are saying like it's the Dark Crystals or whatever. It's like, no, 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 no. It's the Xehanort Saga. Um, and so it's a whole new era for Kingdom Hearts, which could mean the story starts all over again. But it brought up an interesting topic, which is Kingdom Hearts story, even though I understand it. Uh, yes, because for me, um, Kingdom Hearts was the one game in college that my roommate forced me to play but i was enjoying it after i was getting through it um and so i played every single game in the series except for three by the because three wasn't out at the time um and neither was uh dream drop distance um but anyways i got through dream drop distance and three in the meantime but um i know a lot of people don't understand the franchise think it's very convoluted and very confusing i can understand where they come from but there are many gaming franchises where i think we could all say they are very very confusing with how many games are out with all the stories and how they're supposed to have lore that goes together um, i can name one personally but anyway we are going to go around the room 
and talk about gaming franchises that we find extremely confusing and just do not understand, even though there are some people out there in the world that do understand them. So I'm going to hop to Burkoff first because I eventually will get to mine. Mine is not Kingdom Hearts because I understand Kingdom Hearts because I am God. But Burkoff, tell this, me what, fuse, what confusing franchise is yours. When this, when this topic hit the, the chat room, I was like, oh my god, why have we not thought about this? Because literally everything Kojima's ever written. Uh, Final <laughs> Fantasy thirteen, Destiny. Um, Stop naming uh, them all. Pick Sat- one. You're taking other people's ideas. <laughs> Were some of those yours? One uh, of them was mine. <laughs> Okay. I'm just I we're gonna have to wait to find out. He's he's he's, yeah. he's this is his introduction into his topic. Or not his topic, the game he's gonna talk yeah, about. Yeah, it's not his topic. <laughs> Sorry, it's your well, topic. Um Yeah, so like I was just thinking like there's a there's a ton of these that uh we could pick out. Um for me, I think the the one that I really just am not okay with is probably Destiny. Um, it's not that the story wasn't later put into the games, but it was the way that the game was released where the story, in order to get it, you had to go to a website and look at like these codec things that you unlocked um, in order to actually understand what the hell was going on. And for me, that was extremely disappointing because it's one thing if like the plot isn't given to you in the game itself, but you can still find like uh, books or other things in the world that will give you the story. But to have to like completely step outside of the game in order to get the story, that's just super egregious to me. Yeah, it reminds me of the uh, Final Fantasy IX Primo strategy guide where they were trying some new cool thing with the internet. Do you remember that? There'd be sections where it said, yeah, Yeah. play online, yeah. Yeah. Go to the website to get more information. That doesn't exist anymore. Not that anyone needs an official strategy guide for Final Fantasy IX decades later, but I found that hilarious. Yeah, put the story in the game and keep it away from menus as much as possible. Like, like I'm fine with lore. You know, like in Mass Effect, you kind of read up on lore because it's it makes sense that uh as a soldier you you need to know a bit more about the world so you go into this whatever this um well your codec is that what it's yeah the codex but but it actually it's like context sensitive too so it's like something happens in a conversation and you know they'll say something about the protheans you're like whoa hold on wait what was that going to the codex it's highlighted for you it's a new thing like oh let me read this you know, it's more more to highlight stuff that happens in casual conversation. You know, do you know what it reminds? Sure. Do you know yeah, what that definitely. reminds me of? A game called Final Fantasy Thirteen. <laughs> yes, which did the same thing. Which but, basically the game was the story was a codex page you had to read. It would like you you could never understand the plot of it based off just the just the story context they give you on screen alone. You'd have to like research to understand what the hell is going on. I think that was even worse though, because of the, the way in which they, because it was like the falsy and the lessy and, and the, the words are too similar. And it, yeah, I was like, what yeah. the fuck are you talking about? Like they're trying to create a whole nother language in that game. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah, that's uh do, do you know if you um do you know Zaz Saz? He's got that little yeah. bird living in his living in his hair, the little chocobo. Mm-hmm. If you yeah. go into the codec under that, uh there is a section specifically about that chocobo and it it says something like um this chocobo lives in Saz's hair and if it if it even whispers a word it will bring about the end of the entire world. And you're like, what? <laughs> like, who wrote you that? I, this, you and I have talked some about guy this. Just, yeah, some guy's just messing around. He's like, hey, guess what I'm going to do? Just click, 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 type, 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 type. It doesn't matter. No one's going to read this. And then when they then read it, they're like, awesome, awesome. awesome. <laughs> when they make YouTube videos about it, trying to connect the dots, and it actually doesn't matter. Some guy was just messing around. It's like the yeah. it's like the Jar Jar Binks as a Sith Lord concept of being like, the Chocobo was the villain the entire time. Yeah, that would actually be more interesting than uh, what they did in that game. I mean, everything would be more interesting than what they did yeah. in that game. Well, well, the sad thing about Final Fantasy thirteen, and the, yeah, again, Burkhoff, we've had this conversation, is the lore of thirteen is really, really interesting about the ultimate creator that made the gods that power Pulse and the humans and the whole... like what the the gods are trying to do is destroy pulse to bring back the creator to ask them like why the hell did you make us type of thing he, they want to create such a void not void but like killing millions of people in a single second by destroying pulse is possibly going to bring the creator back to see what's going on so they can actually speak with them like why did you make us why did you leave it's like this you think of these gods in this game that are basically <laughs> invincible having an exis- existential crisis basically but none of that is relayed in the game. That is all stuff you have to either look online or stuff that people have interpreted. It's just, it's the classic show, don't tell. P- try try to find a way for the characters to, even if you have to do a couple exposition dumps, do it. But you have an interesting, you have an interesting story here, but it's just completely bogged down by absolute nonsense and how it's relayed to the player. It's, well, it, it it's... sucks. It's super disappointing. It's super meta too, because I mean, like every JRPG from the '90s was "Go Kill God," basically. <laughs> I just watched I mean? the Persona Five, uh, like kind of rehash thing. Yeah, every every one of those games is like, okay, God, you got to kill God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Destiny right. Destiny is very similar. Like I, I God, I, I mean, even jumping into Destiny Two is almost like impossible to understand what the plot is. Uh, in context at least the game does a good job of making the gameplay feel so good that you could almost not care what the story is and you would feel okay playing it still because Bungie just has a way of making great gunplay to like make it feel oh, so dude, the satisfying mechanics, the mechanics yeah, are, the mechanics solid. are fucking solid but the, po- yeah. the plot I was just like I don't even know what's going on it's utterly confusing uh, They, I'm sick of games calling things generic names like the fallen or the, yeah. the siege or the robots i like i just, I just the fuck that shit <laughs> like should come up with something creative that's not too uh generic that i forget about it because it's such a generic yeah. name and unforgettable like uh, i know yeah. like but I'm not too complicated that it's, you know, like another fucking language. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not like the the La Lule Lo or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> yeah. Which actually goes into mine, which is 
Metal Gear Solid. The Metal Gear Solid franchise, I do not... So context, my first Metal Gear game was Metal Gear Solid 4 Guns of the Patriots. Now, going into it, I watched... And because this game came out when I was like in really early high school, I think it was like in sixth. What was it? Was it eighth, eighth or ninth grade? Um, it's two thousand six, right? Six, or seven. Oh, I graduated in eleven, so yeah, I must have been my freshman year in in high school. And basically, what happened was, thank God for game trailers. First of all, like I saw a video where they were like breaking down of talking about Metal Gear Solid and how amazing franchise it is. And like, oh, my God, everyone get excited for Guns of the Patriots. It's going to be amazing. And then I was like, what the heck is this game? It's the fourth game. I want to play it because everyone's saying it's going to be freaking amazing. And I need to know what the plot is. Thank God for retrospectives. That kind of helped a little bit. But I'm like, I'm still freaking confused on what's going on. And then when you play the fourth game. Oh my God, they stuffed yeah. the game so much to the point where I don't even know what's going on. Kinda. I kinda know what's happening, but I really don't know what's going on. And then on top of that, I played Metal Gear Solid 5 The Phantom Pain. I can't even finish that game because I do not understand what the frick is going on in that game because I I know it's a prequel. But then there's like the PSP games that are like before that one. And I just don't get yeah. the difference between like who – like I think that one is um, – oh, shoot. What's his name now? Well, it's it's his um, – the, the name of it is like uh, Snake something. He's like – Punished Snake. Whatever his name is. He's, he's, he's the original Snake before the clone Snake that happens in Metal Gear Solid 1. But anyway, it's right, just right. – Big boss. It, Big Boss, thank you. It is just so freaking confusing, and it just... It's technically its technically <sighs> not Big Boss. You're actually uh, uh, not a clone of Big Boss, but you're a, you're a doppelganger for Big Boss. See, again. Which, which is why Kojima justified changing the voice of Snake. Uh, oh, for... my God, seriously. That's what yeah from David so the, from from David Hader to whoever the fuck like, Keith and uh, Sellers, Keith, Keith Sullivan or whatever his name is yeah Keith yeah Keith for Sullivan yeah Keith for Sullivan and that's why whatever in Metal Gear or Metal Gear Two when Big Boss dies it's the doppelganger that dies that's why he's still alive at the end right. of four yep which yep. makes which makes no it makes sense. It, it's just so, it's just, kind of it's makes just, sense. I don't know. I mean, Nano makes, machines, I man. Guess, Nano machines. It, it makes sense. <laughs> but does Kojima just have this freaking board out of being like, here's the connecting pieces? Because, like, I can't keep no, track. Dude, he made that and, shit up and, every fucking game. And then and I remember there's even. There's no way that he had uh, this grand or overarching plot. There's no way. Well, no, I just meant in the fourth game when, like, oh, I'm going to resolve all these issues. It's like this giant board of being like, okay, where do I solve it? Because I do remember. <laughs> There was a group called the La La Lule Lo or whatever, and literally it it took three seconds for them to clarify of oh yeah the La La Lule Lo is the Patriots, I and I was like, like and I was had... like Kojima just went La La Lule Lo I don't have that explained let's just call let's just make that the Patriots and I'll just make a line for that and then we're good and then we're just done. <laughs> I feel like we had somebody you... on the podcast that explained what that is because it's a it's a nonsense Japanese phrase. Um, um, I can I can tell you what it is if you yeah yeah go know. for it tell us educate so, us 
in in order and i remember in the game uh there was some it was it was probably nanomachines i don't remember anytime they were about to say the name of the patriots there was something in their right. brain that would not allow them to say it so instead mm -hmm. of saying the patriots or whatever the information was they'd say la la uh la 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 okay so the japanese alphabet uh is it, it has an order just like the 26 uh letters in the alphabet it starts with the vowels so a e u a o, which is basically a e i o u, and then it just keeps going. So it goes a e u a o, kaki kukeko, sashi suse so. When you get to the r, it's naridudero. So they're basically oh. saying the equivalent of the elemental p. Mm. That's that's all it is, and 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 that's something that Japanese players would pick up on. Like, why are they just like saying a bit of the alphabet? Right. There's something there's something messed up here. Instead of in in English, it just does not work. La li 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 sounds stupid. Yeah, <laughs> but those game those games are ridiculous. So maybe it maybe it it fits tonally. Who knows? It is ridiculous though. Yeah. So that franchise for me, it's just I can understand Kingdom Hearts because you have a heartless, and then a heartless becomes <laughs> a nobody. So you have a heartless and a nobody, and then if both die, you you get your body back. I dude, I, oh, I yes, almost... thank you. That makes perfect sense. It's an I'm easy, it's you... an easy concept to understand. So when you're fighting Organization Thirteen, they are nobodies. They are heartless, I... and their heartless died. And when they killed Organization Thirteen's nobodies, they became human again. And so that's why you see some of the characters again in human form. Oh my gosh, it's such an easy concept. I'll tell you what. I had a friend that was uh, just as much into Kingdom Hearts, if not more, than you are. I almost got alcohol poisoning trying to figure it out because we just we stayed up all night drinking and he was trying to explain it to me and that it didn't matter how drunk I got none of it made any sense. I mean, it is hard. Wait, would it, wouldn't it make less sense the drunker you got? Right. <laughs> Not the opposite. It should. It should make more sense, hopefully, right? Well, I also think that uh, depends it, on the it, conversation. Sure. It is hard to explain <laughs> Kingdom Hearts without like the without showing it in like a video. Like, I think it's easier to learn. Oh, we pulled up YouTube videos and everything and still could not get to the... I was like, what the fuck is going on with this? Yeah. Well, let's see if Evan can sort out some knowledge for us. What's what's the franchise for you that's like? Uh, well, the first one, depending on how much time we have, is uh, a game that is kind of topical because a, re or a remake and that heavy uh, quotation marks on that, uh, Chrono Cross is a All right. ridiculously overly complicated plot is technically connected to Chrono Trigger uh, yes. and is um, yeah it, it happens after Chrono Trigger and I'm just this is actually not really fair because you could pull up any Wikipedia article about the story of a game and start halfway through the explanation and have it make no sense but i'm just going to read a little bit of this for you to so i can prove my point in a very very uh cheap way all right so guys it's like this chronopolis right chronopolis is divided divided this entity into six pieces and created an elements system uh fate uh, capital F-A-T-E, I don't know what the acronym stands for, then terraformed an archipelago, erased the memories of most of Chronopolis's staff, and sent them to inhabit and populate its new paradise. Thousands of years later, a panther demon attacked a three-year-old Surge. His father <laughs> took him to find assistance at Marbule, 
but Serge's boat blew off course due to raging magnetic storms caused by Shala. From Chrono Trigger, that's right. So Shala, the princess of the kingdom of Zeal. So you get my point. Um, it's needlessly complicated, and it's not even important to go, get into the specifics. And this is one thing I kind of want to touch on and see if you guys have uh, any opinions on games that include this element. I don't like time travel, usually, in movies okay. or in video games. Now, if it's something like Back to the Future, it's less about the time travel and it's more about the kind of goofy 80s kind of comedy uh, aspect of it. Although I'm not, I don't really appreciate um, a white person going back in time and basically uh, erasing uh, Chuck Berry from the timeline, uh, you know, the uh, progenitor of rock and roll. So now uh, that's I was kind of I was up. gonna I was gonna bring up Back to the Future, but you know you're just gonna <laughs> shit on it. So I I like no Back to the Future is <laughs> fine. I, I love when he um he it's called the two trees the two trees mall, and then in in the in the past yeah, he yeah, runs over one of the trees pines. twin, yeah, twin pines. pines yeah, that's and then he goes the, back yeah, and it's only one yeah that's pretty yeah. clever, uh and. That's one reason, like, I wasn't even that big of a fan of the final Marvel films with Endgame. Just because when, oh. once you I introduce time travel, it, like it just gets overly possible. complicated. And, yeah, it, it, right, it's overly complicated, or the stakes are now gone. Because there's a, it's a multiverse. If Spider-Man dies in this universe, who cares? You take another one and put him in here. There's one where he has a red hat on. There's one where he has a yellow hat. You know, Gwyneth Paltrow, Sliding Doors. There's one universe where she gets on the train and her life is completely different. There's one where she misses the train. And uh, it's just one of those... I think even in the end game, was it? Uh, they bring up Back to the Future because every kind of time travel logic, sometimes it's compartmentalized to a single movie or a game. So there has to be a conversation where people talk about how the time travel in this particular universe works. And I think even in uh, the Avengers films, they bring up Back to the Future. And basically, the Hulk like pauses the film, looks at the, at the uh, audience, and says, don't think about it too much. And you're like, oh, okay, fine. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not that type of thing. And they constantly have to do that because it does get overcomplicated. And um, I think Bioshock Infinite got away with it only because... At the end of that game, Elizabeth basically had the power to conver converge. You know, like there's always a lighthouse. The classic line. Spoilers she had the power to con Sorry, she had the power <laughs> to converge every universe together into right, right. into a single one again. Yeah, she can as, open rifts. Yeah. Yeah. So whatever. I mean, if it's part of your logic and you explain it in a way where it. It just can't get overly complicated, and Chrono Cross does the wrong, absolute wrong thing, where look up an image of the Chrono Trigger slash Chrono Cross timeline. The images are ridiculous. And yeah, it's was one reason why. I watched a video today, 45 minutes, breaking down Chrono Explaining Cross. Down, I, I, yeah. Useless. Completely useless. I don't really remember much about it. So I agree with you. Um, I It's been shit it's probably been since 2000 since i played the game um and i don't really remember it making a whole lot of sense um but i remember not really caring 
because um, there was so much else going on in the immediate world that you didn't really need to know the how it connected to Trigger, I guess. It's, it's kind of like, you know, how, like in Avengers, as I said, when Hulk looks at the camera and says, don't think about it too much, maybe that's kind it's, of what you should be it, doing. Yeah, Focusing as as on the know. now, focusing on the combat system. It, yeah, that type of stuff. Like, pick out, like, pay attention to kind of the overarching plot points and then just stick with that and not pay attention to, oh, wait, so Chronopolis went back a thousand years and then the timeline where Lavos right, didn't right. kill Chrono actually didn't happen. Yeah, like, that stuff is just... Uh, so, but it's like, just make two does, timelines it, and have it does, the converging... Like, I don't know. Stop overcomplicating no, stuff. It, it does serve the game, though, because it was one of the first games that had New Game Plus. And Chrono Trigger, the, yes. No, Chrono Cross. I mean, Chrono Trigger had New Game Plus, though. Did it? Yeah, yeah. I, was, I, I blew my mind when I saw that as a kid. I don't remember that. I do that remember was one reason, multiple, that was one reason why, because there's multiple endings. endings. Yeah, it's like 11. Yeah. Well, there's, there's multiple endings in, in Cross as well, and there's like, what, 50 recruitable characters? Or 20? That's Some a lot. shit like that? Yeah. That's there's a big like margin. So many <laughs> well, there's so many, there's so many NPCs that you can recruit into your party. Um, which makes sense for the multiple playthroughs, which gives rise to the multiple timelines thing. But uh, well, I will say the timeline. Um, if there's one series I can name that like does timeline pretty well with time travel, and I'm like more willing to forgive it, which is Prince of Persia: Warrior Within. Uh, okay, because they actually underrated game. Yes, I like that game. I do like that game a lot, and I think it does. God, I, God, I, smack and all, baby. Yeah, and I think what also they do really well with that game is they really make time travel digestible because you are flipping between time zones so much. But I think it really, especially when they do the flip where they make the prince put on the mask that allows him to go backwards in time and then you're going through the same sequences you went before, it just helps to really solidify everything you've been doing before in understanding like okay this is why i'm in this time zone or the dahaka will only chase me if i'm in the present and not in the past and only go into the past to make this puzzle available to me but then i will go back into the present so i can reach the certain destination point so like there is a i think it makes time travel way more digestible and i really do give them a lot of credit for it i I think it does something interesting with it's not just time travel. I like the idea of this. Uh, actually, it's not really new, but this kind of um, being that is the controller of time. So if anyone is, it's like Loki, really, or I, I guess Loki's like Prince up, of Persia. Yeah, going to go after you. Yeah, right. he's going after because you're breaking the rules. And if you screw things up, like who knows, you could completely destroy the world, the multiverses, as as you know it or whatever. But I I do uh, like the idea of this being trying to hunt you down because you're screwing with time too much and that was pretty cool like did you get the secret ending i did you, you get the, the the ultimate sword so you can you can yep. defeat the yeah yeah that was the, awesome yeah that I was love very that game. cool that was very cool yeah it's, it's actually my favorite game of the trilogy uh, mine too i think it's yeah. highly underrated everyone always bet rags on it because of the whole the changing grittiness tone, changing you voice know like actor the, and it's the it's the rock like the music. woman her her art her 
her outfit. She looks like she's on the front of like an, a '90s uh, image comic. Well, especially because her first shot way is too ass. revealing. Her yeah. first shot yeah. is just ass hanging there. Uh, a '90s image comic. <laughs> like overall, but the game the mechanics really of that game were solid, yeah. and the combat was really good, and it was very and like varied because you could switch the secondary weapon constantly. And I think it was just I think it was solid. I I really really enjoyed yeah. that game. Um, so yeah, that's, that's actually in general, that's one series that does make it understand. Okay. Well, let's flip it around really quick before we go of a game series that makes total sense to you that some people would find extremely complicated. So like maybe someone on like one of us on our list, we would say we would have put it on the list of it's too confusing, but it seems like we've been very much in the same boat for everything we said so far, but I'm going to go first. I think the Resident Evil series is very fallible. Oh, it's well, yeah, it's it's hard to follow for sure. Yeah, with Wesker and all that shit that's going on in the background. No, I'm saying it, come... I'm, I'm saying it is fallible. You can follow the series. Well, no, but for other people though, right? Oh, like there are other, other people, people sure. that that find it like really confusing because doesn't Wesker come back as like a, some type of a cyber zombie in five? Uh, he just injects himself with a virus, so it allows him to have superpowers, which is not out of the realm like, of possibilities. Yeah. It's like Super right, right, Shredder like, in the end of TMNT 2. Right, but other people like getting into the series would be like, what the fuck just happened? Well, they explain it. Okay. Like, I, I mean, that's the thing. Like, that's the one thing I can go to Resident Evil and go, pretty much everything they have in these games are explained. There is a reason for it. It may be not the reason people like, but there's right. a reason for it. And it's not like the Lalo Lule Low where they're like trying to one half ass it and like try to just, you know, put a put a what is it, a, a round a round object in a square hole or whatever you want to call right, it. Right, right. They're not trying to like fit it in where it doesn't fit, where at least at least it makes sense. And I think uh, the one go ahead that Resident Evil always has is like it's just another biological weapon. Which right. which is fine. It makes total sense within the series. Um, I think. Oh, um, I have one question to ask Mitch uh, Burkoff, and this is not spoiling the f- most recent two um, Biohazard games, uh, Resident Evil right. games. Mm-hmm. Mitch, were you happy with the ending of Resident Evil Village? Uh, Story wise. Well, we can just talk we- about what the ending is uh, that. Do you want, I don't know if we should. It's almost two years. If you haven't played the game, you should go play the game. If you Yeah, if you haven't played the game, skip about 40 seconds extra right now. Um, okay, quick one. You already say Ethan sacrifices himself. Is that the one you're talking about? Or Ethan's been dead the whole time? Uh, no, I'm talking about the the whole progenitor the re, uh, behind the umbrella and all the t virus oh, yeah. and, and all of that came stuff from the village yeah no i thought that was nice yeah. like i think that was yeah. a I, I liked way, it I, I liked it as well i think it was a way to connect everything because i think the one thing about uh seven and eight is that it felt as if it wasn't connected to the series especially seven seven very sure. much felt not connected um 
Where's the skip button, Commander Fett? As we're talking about, if you're watching it in the past, <laughs> sorry, you just hit, you just got to hit the mute button, and then you have to come back in 30 seconds. But uh, are we done? But uh, I think are well, we, we done? Well, we can still talk. We can still talk. We're not giving away spoilers. We were just talking about what the spoiler part is. But I think uh, overall, like it, uh, seven felt as if it never connected to the series at all. And I think right. it was I a agree. nice way to have eight connect to the series. I think it was more fascinating for the other thing we talked about, which is the importance of Ethan and something that is just like, oh, that makes total sense of why his arm comes off in the seventh game and is able to be stapled together like that. Or he's able to lose some fingers and a hand in eight. Like it it didn't make sense to me. I was like, this is so beyond the logic I've never experienced in a Resident Evil game. And I think they did a good job of actually explaining it, which made total sense to me. And I think it was almost like a, the logical answer was the right one. And you just as the player just were were accepting video game logic of like anything is possible. Yeah. Right. And it's a way to spin yeah. it on its feet. I thought it was clever. I really liked it. I mean, it's ridiculous, but I think it made sense in the world of Resident Evil. Yeah, and Resident Evil just ridiculous it. in general. <laughs> yeah, which is fine. It's a video game. Like I, I enjoyed the silly aspects of it. It, it tied it together. I think. Yeah. Sorry, Burkoff, you were gonna. Yeah, what's yours? Pivot? What's yours, Burkoff? Um, mine's probably Elder Scrolls. Um, this is all talk about. Shut you know, up! No, they're not all. Connected. How I went. Are yeah, they? they are. Yeah, totally. They're, yeah, they're, they're all totally connected. Even Skyrim? This guy's got Georgia Georgia on the mind. Oh, Elder Scrolls on the so mind. so confusing. Playing it. Just one of them. Just one of them. Living, is, yeah. Just one of them is confusing, Burkoff. Come on, man. No, so, yeah, give us. I've never played an Elder Scrolls game. Well, all right, so like, the lowdown. So I, I put my Monday night football stamp of the come on, man, that I disagree. But. Well, no, just because there's so much, right? Like every race has sure. its own backstory. Um, every province has its own history. Um, and you're talking about like thousands and thousands of years. So um, online takes place in uh, the second era. Morrowind takes place in the third era. Oblivion takes place in the fourth era. We're talking about like thousands of years in between all of those. And they and haven't gotten, they haven't gotten motor vehicles in those thousands of years in magic. No, no, it uh, yeah, it's all it's all about uh, fantasy. So you can have fantasy in cars at the same time, Burkoff. <laughs> yeah, but um, no, yeah, I I think uh, like I'll get on a tangent, and be like oh, I, you know, I went delving in this alien ruin in this province and. Everybody's like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? You know? Okay. And then the aliens are um, an ancient race of myrrh, which are like elves that existed before all of the current races that are existing in the world now. You know? Exactly. I get blank stares all the time, just like I'm oh, getting from you two. <laughs> you... Okay, let me ask you. Uh, I, maybe I shouldn't ask this question. Are you ha you're happy with the um, of all the Elder Scrolls games? 
for the most part, yeah. Like, um, I I wasn't a big fan of of online because of the combat and the way that some of the stuff works in terms of the classes and whatnot. But the story is just fucking solid, and I can't, you know, not enjoy the story. Okay, Evan, what's your game that you feel like everyone understands, or everyone should be able to understand? But they probably don't. But I think yep. it's quite clear. Yeah. Uh, this is one that's quite clear because I've watched probably three, four, five hours of uh, lore videos on YouTube. But um, <laughs> due due to that, due to spending a trilogy's worth of movies watching lore videos on it, I think the blasphemous story is actually pretty <laughs> quite clear. <laughs> Oh man, that game is so good. That's creeping. That's creeping into like my top five of all time. Every time I think about it, but uh, wow. I do understand why people get confused because it has the coolest yet longest names for everything. And I think on the whatever year I played it, um, we were doing our top three of the year, and the podcast was, was going on so year. long. It was last year. It might have been last year. Yeah. Um, I just all I did was like instead of talking about the game, I just did my top five favorite names of something that sound like the name of a metal album. And so you have names like the Brotherhood of the Silent Sorrow, the Miracle, <laughs> the Cradle of Affliction, You're the Penitent One, the Desecrated Cistern. It's got all these names. So when you start reading sentences about this game on Wikipedia, you're like, okay, um, so I'm from the Brotherhood of Sacred Sorrow and I'm the Penitent One. And I'm going to the Mother of Mothers Cathedral. And then just like, okay, I don't know what's going on. But uh, it's super interesting. And if you watch, you know, five, maybe six hours of uh, lore videos, <laughs> dig dig deep, it, it all starts to make sense. And the, the final DLC that took me forever to beat because of the lack of uh, clarity in what you're supposed to do, the Wounds of Eventide answers so many questions and it, it builds the lore and and then there's a stinger at the end you're like oh, i can't believe it blasphemous 2 is going to be great i just really want to talk about blasphemous the, the story is actually pretty hard to follow unless you're uh it makes sense to me though and it's great <laughs> it's a really really good story and it, it's it's one of those things like destiny where maybe people don't care about destiny because the combat is so good and maybe right. the story ultimately doesn't matter uh, Blasphemous does have that going for itself. It's a beautiful-looking side-scrolling game. The enemies are interesting. The the little tidbits of lore you get is not unlike a Dark Souls or a, a FromSoft game, but there is more there that's actually tying it all together. Way more so than um, lore videos on all the FromSoft games. So, uh, I don't know. Makes right. sense to me. But it is one of those. You know what? I think in the next couple of days, I'll. There's one guy on YouTube. I wish I could shout him out. He he does the best blasphemous lore videos. Uh, give him give him a watch. Add a couple more hours to my blasphemous lore account. But yeah, great game. All right. Well, I'm gonna shoot. Right. A, I'm gonna shoot a quick shout out to a game that people should play, and I think it's has great lore that people can understand, and that is The Order 1886 oh dude yeah that was a that was a highly yeah. underrated game for sure highly um, underrated i highly recommend people go play that game i'm so sad I, it'll never get a sequel i'm so sad for that yeah if it, it is if, it, if it only had a little more interaction yep and it was and it was less uh less uh corridor and a little longer 
uh, I'm okay with the length. If it was just, well, if I meant, you could just I explore meant, the world more. Yeah, that's what I meant. I think, like, I add, think, you could think, add length to it by like opening up the gameplay more, having a little more fight sequences. Yeah, yeah. It's it suffers from the fact that it's just fucking mm-hmm. set piece after set piece. But it's such a beautiful fucking game, though. Like, how do you? It still how do you looks make good. It, how do you make a game that looks that good and and also gives you the freedom and you... not get a sequel? Yeah, I don't know. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for Ready at Dawn because I think they also Just... I, I thought the lore in the franchise was super interesting too. Oh, I love the fact that yeah, you're basically uh King Arthur's knights. Yeah. yeah. And and like the Holy Grail is keeping you immortal. That's like that alone right. is like all right. That, that that is an elevator pitch that you can make in 30 seconds you're like okay i'm listening and then it just yeah, absolutely and, and then yeah. the weapons are like based off futuristic but at the same time like 1886 technology at the time like, steampunk yeah, yeah very steampunk. so so good i just that i, I just thought about the, that in my brain recently so i was just like what was that ammo that. you'd like shoot like gunpowder at him and then light it with a second shot that's so cool yeah yeah yeah, yeah that's a shame I, I, I do recognize that some people fall... There there are people who... I'm surprised that all of us like this. Usually there's... In Someone a, a that hates of, it, right? There's always <laughs> there's always one. There's I think there's more people that say that game is Awful. Uh, disappointing, but yeah. it's interesting that the three of us agree that it was really, really good. The one thing underrated. I will say... The one thing that I will say is it may have been disappointing for 60 bucks. Mm. Uh, if, if, you, if you were expecting a game that was going to take you... 10 to 15 hours you know what i mean but the crazy part was the game just it was like one of the first games to come out for the console wasn't it no it was a little while after the first game that um really felt next gen with all the graphics let me look this up that fight on the zeppelin was uh oh yeah iconic like there's some iconic scenes in there 2015 when did PS4 yeah, the come PS4 out? came out in 2014. 2013, I believe. Oh, was it? Pretty I thought sure. it was 2014. Maybe, maybe I, I got one wrong. in 2014. Um, Resave for the PS4 was 2013, November. Okay. Mm. So okay. it came out three years. Did I say, wait, what did I say? 2014 for... What did I say no, for 1886? You said 2015, so okay. probably so less than years. two okay. years. So just a little under two years, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I'm so sad that that game will get a sequel. Right. Because I think that, I think we could have been talking about this one and being like a lore that could be easily ex- explainable if they made a sequel by now. I could easily say uh, that one would probably be on my list. Oh, dude, and characters that you could follow, dude. You know what I mean? Totally. Because like, we, we have background in general lore about King Arthur like and the myths. Nice and, yeah, 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 Lancelot and all that. Yeah, and yep, it, absolutely. And, and, it had a, and it had a vibe of like political intrigue and like yes. the order you work for is not really... I'm not going to spoil it for people. Please go play this game. If you have not played this game... It's so worth five bucks. Like I, I like I like how you were willing to spoil Resident Evil Seven and Eight, but you're not willing to spoil the Order eighteen eighty six. I only t- hey, that's okay. Well, I only say that like, because it's like three I, hours. Well, it's like three hours. Well, Just go fucking play it. Well, one, I think I really want people to go play it, and then two, uh, 
millions of people bought resident evil 8 not millions of people bought order 1886 that is a fair point so actually to be honest i actually don't have my copy i don't know what happened to my copy i might just go buy it again to be fair to be fair i bought it online uh for like six bucks yeah i think i might do that too like i I really want to play it again so i think i actually once I'm done with my playthrough of my other games, I, that's, I think I actually will pick up that game and just go play it again because I really want to play it again recently. I've just had a cringe for it. So um, go play this game. Go support Ready at Dawn Studio. They did a great job. You know, that game came out before I got into Platinum Trophies. Let me uh, let me take a look at that list. <laughs> yeah, you can. See if I can't. Uh... Let's see. Let's see. Oh, hey, here's, here's a random question. Has there any, ever been a game that would let you know how many years have passed since the first in the subtitle? Because if they called it this, the the sequel like The Order 1888, like, okay, well, it's two years after the first game. You don't even have to put oh. that in the, you know, like the, the not the Michael Bay, like the Roland Emmerich, like Independence Day. It's got like the February 4th. Chile. So it came out in 2015? Is that what we agreed to? Yeah, I believe so. It's been what seven years since then. Oh, here you go, Evan. It is a is a three out of ten for difficulty. You can get it all done in one playthrough, and it'll take you about ten hours. Um, Looks like there's only I'm playing the order eighteen eighty six for a platinum trophy. Ten hours for Evan. That's fucking. That's an evening. Yeah, I know. Seriously, um, I'm excited. Unmissable. Let's see. Yeah, there's a bunch of collectible ones and then stories and then just killing enough enemies with a certain type of weapon. That's fine. You um you don't do that. You options out to the main menu, jump back into the checkpoint, follow a follow a collectibles guide. I really need to buy uh some canned air so that I can get my PlayStation my original PlayStation four to not sound like a fucking aircraft carrier. Oh, you so know that I can what? actually play this game. And yeah. you know, maybe Horizon as well. Yeah, I was thinking in my I'm, I'm on top of my brain right now. Maybe maybe I'd stream this one on Pixel Pines and we all can have a party together and celebrate what an I think you can finish be. you can finish one playthrough in what like three hours, right? It's like two and a half, three hours. No, it's not that short. I think it's like six, oh, six I, maybe. I think it's six hours. Is it six hours? Let's see. I, I felt like it was shorter than that. Go to how long to beat. All right, so for the audio seven listeners, hours. Mitch is seven, seven hours. Yeah. Okay. Seven hours. If, seven if hours. you're a gamer that strives all aspects, you'll likely spend up around 10 hours to obtain 100% completion. Actually, dude, seven hours is, is a decent amount of time. I mean, that's a fucking that's Call an of afternoon. Duty campaign. That's an afternoon. Yeah, that's, that's, it's a Call of Duty campaign. It's uh, Titanfall 2. That's a work day. Which yeah. we'll get into maybe in a future podcast. Yeah, yeah. Well, I need to finish my notes on that. By the way, well, if there's anything you want to get out of this podcast besides what is uh, what are fallible and unfallible <laughs> storytelling, it is that you need to go play the, or- the Order eighteen eighty six. Obviously, don't pay full price for it, but um, it is well worth your time. Please go play this game. Um, yeah, it was actually the the shadow topic was <laughs> just actually, just so we could talk. Trying to convince it. people <laughs> took a long time, but. Uh, we got there. Hopefully, we did it justice. Yeah. My bro is playing Horizon on his base PS4, and that's his only issue. Oh, okay. 
Mm. That's Danny Boy ninety. Yeah. It's taken. Uh, that sounds like a jet engine. Oh, sorry, yeah, not probably. Danny Boy. Sorry, Dan Boy ninety. Sorry, Dan Boy ninety. All right. Well, that is our show for this week. Um, again, we are Pixel Pints. We are the only global gaming podcast podcast that covers two great things which is great beer and video games you can find us streaming live on twitch.tv slash pixel pints every single weekend if you want to know when we go live you can check us out on twitter which is pixel underscore pints where you can find when we go live on twitter but then we also post post links to the archive on youtube which you can go to youtube and search pixel pints and look for that nice mug and you know you've got us it's like green and white and all that fun colors um or if you like the audio version only we do have it available for everyone on any podcast service around the globe that's spotify that is itunes that is all that stuff uh commander fret thank you for telling us we do a great show as always i think it is uh it is fun to catch us live because uh, sometimes you guys send us some funny stuff in chat and it makes the show way more interesting. So we always recommend doing that. So yeah, anyway, definitely. I'm so excited that I got to be joined um, on my day after birthday with uh, Burkoff and Evan and everyone that does celebrate Easter. Have We hope everyone has a happy Easter. Stay safe. Drink responsibly as always. And uh, go play Order 1886. I don't know how many more times we can say <laughs> to you. But if you take anything <laughs> away from this episode, buy it we for three dollars or whatever it two two dollars fifty cents. We all serendipitously were like, Yes, that game is fucking amazing. <laughs> I'm surprised to be honest with you, yeah. Play it. Well great. On that note. We're out. we came to a consensus on that it's uh that's good <laughs> yeah there's a lot of games though that, uh i right, see so you play